right. We are back. This is Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace, and uh, boy oh boy, we've been on a little bit of a break. Today is Friday, December 6th, and God, I gotta take a look at when the last episode even was, because uh, I tell you what, it's been at least a couple of weeks. Last episode was out on the 18th of November, so yeah, it's been a bit. Um, Basically, rundown of what happened is... uh, was heading into to Thanksgiving weekend, uh, leaving and going back to New York took up some time so that I had to put in extra time uh, into my normal job, the job that actually pays me uh, from time to time sometimes, and so I had to put a little bit more focus into the sales world, um, and so then we were into Thanksgiving weekend. Of course, I didn't bring any of my podcasting equipment back to New York where my family lives, uh, just kept all of it down here, and then sure enough, I try and make my way back to Tennessee uh, to start off the month right, and New York gets uh, a foot and a half of snow in the matter of a day. I had, I want to say, three flights canceled between Sunday afternoon and Monday morning. Eventually found myself a direct flight out Monday night, and then of course what that did is it put me extremely behind on this week's uh, work schedule, and so I had to put some more focus into getting back on track in the sales world, but now that I'm back, uh, Fridays are a little light for us, so I'm able to put out this episode uh, and start off the the weekend uh, for you all, but now is the time where I'm hoping the schedule gets a little bit lighter, and I, I say that knowing that I am going home uh, in December for a week, uh, for Christmas, obviously, uh, I think the plan might be to schedule some episodes and kind of have some stuff backloaded, um, to is where I can put out some content while I'm gone. So didn't plan too well, uh, for the first trip back home. And so maybe next time around we'll get that going. But, uh, but like I said, you know, just trying to make the schedule as concrete as possible, still the same daily breakdown, uh, today is is Friday, and so we are going to go into our betting uh, for week 14 of the NFL season. Holy shit. Uh, regular season is is almost wrapped up. Pretty sad about it. And, uh, you know, half the league seasons will come to end within the month. Um, some already have, but they're still deciding to play games on Sundays. But we will um, we'll carry on through this week. We'll get back going next week. College football episode on Monday. NFL recap on Tuesday. Power rankings Wednesday. Some more league-wide stories on Thursday. And then week uh, 15 betting uh, and game picks uh, on that following Friday. So here we are sitting uh, right before week 14. And if you all are listening, it is Friday. Uh, you know what has happened in Thursday Night Football. I do not. Uh you know, to be completely honest, and I've, I say this every week, I don't bet on Thursday night football, but you couldn't make me bet on the Packers and the Bears. I just have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, Dallas, of course, hasn't beaten a team with a winning record. Chicago doesn't have a winning record, but also, you know, Mitchell didn't look awful against the Lions secondary, but then against the it's the Lions secondary. Well, then again, the Cowboys secondary isn't all that great. So, I, I don't feel good on on uh, betting on this game, even though it's not the short usual week. Both of them did play last Thursday on Thanksgiving. 
Um, so it's not the standard uh, short week of preparation to go play Thursday night. So they did have a full week, but I just don't feel comfortable uh, betting on it. And so we stay away from Thursday night football. This is a podcast that hates Thursday night football. Um, so we're going to go into every game uh, from Sunday through Monday night football. And we are going to be taking a look at game winners and picks against the spread. And now just an update um, from where uh, we are standing in the season. And like I said, we haven't done a ton of weeks on, on this on this uh, podcast. But just to take a look, straight up winners, we are 44-23. and 23. Um, And then uh, against the spread, we're sitting right at 33-33. and 33. And I hate that because... Um, all but one week against the spread went well. I uh, just in week ten took an absolute bath and went two and twelve. Um, and I'm looking back at that week now. There are a lot of lines in there that just were yucky. I mean the the Dolphins beat the Colts, uh, the Bears beat the Lions, Buccaneers didn't cover against the Cardinals. Just a lot of a lot of funky things in week ten um, that didn't go our way and that kind of set us back in against the spread. Did a little bit better in, in game winners, not great that week. But then most recently in week 11, uh, we went 11-2 and two picking straight up winners and then 9-4 and four against the spread. So we'll get back to our winning ways this week. Bet along with me and we'll make some good money. So let's start off up in Green Bay where the Washington Redskins, the now 3-9 and nine Washington Redskins, not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs are taking on the Green Bay Packers, uh, one of the three best teams in the NFC uh, at this point, and one of the better teams in football. Um, right now, where I've got the line at is Packers minus 13. Need them to you know, win by two touchdowns to cover that. And for the sake of, of the number, I am going to side with the Packers on this one. I don't think you should expect me to, to pick Washington to win the game. The spread is big. A little worried because Washington has picked up some wins, but they have been against uh, some pretty bad opponents. I know this last week, you know, Carolina at one point was looking good um, and had a 14-0 lead, and then Washington crept back. Green Bay is not going to let this happen. They're too far into the season where they're they're not going to let this slip up and a chance where Minnesota can can take the division um, back from Green Bay. You know, Green Bay is not in a situation where they're going to fall flat and come out come out short um, and, and give Minnesota even just a little bit of an advantage to come and take the NFC North. So Packers are going to win this one. They're going to win it big. Uh, I've got Green Bay winning by more than two touchdowns. Take them straight up and take them against the spread. Not an enjoyable game, though, by the way. I just did nothing. They had a good game. I want to say it was the beginning of last season. The two of those teams had a really fun game, or maybe it was two years ago, but uh, won't be the case this time around. On to what... You know, I would say is one of the three games of the week. I mean, there are there are great games um, all across. This is a great schedule, but this is I mean, this has got to be one of the best ones out there. The San Francisco 49ers traveling to Louisiana to take on the Saints. Uh, Saints right now home favorites, two point favorites, and this to me is the part of the season where we start to see a little bit of a slip up from the Saints. They have been coasting. Through some some pretty light opponents, you know, they started off the season with a tough game against the Texans, and they've had their tough opponents sprinkled in through there, lost to the Rams way back when, um, but really, the Saints have kind of just been coasting, the, the division isn't tough, you know, they had a couple scares, they did lose to Atlanta once, um, but they really have been coasting through that division, and now to 
come here in week 14, you've got maybe the best team in football, at least, you know, if you want to give Baltimore its credit. And also a note, we weren't able to do uh, my Power Rankings podcast, but that is up on the Stampede Blue website where I write for the Indianapolis Colts. I do my power rankings over there. Uh, most recently, you know, my one and two, uh, one is Baltimore and San Francisco is number two. So, um, to the, you know, in my eyes, the San Francisco 49ers are just a more complete team. Offensively, they're more intricate. I know the Saints are great with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. The one thing they're missing is they can't make the passing game that dynamic. It is a lot of dink and dunk, short to intermediate routes. Michael Thomas is good for a, a deep catch or two a game. But they don't have that speedy number two receiver that can create that extra dynamic uh, piece of the offense. Meanwhile, you look at San Francisco, the number of running backs that they've got are great. Offensive line is getting healthier finally. And then also they've got just a, a, a nice set of receivers, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, who's the rookie that's been coming on alive uh, in the last week? Debo Samuel has continued to, to show flashes. Um, and then for the Saints, to be completely honest, their offense is going to face its toughest test of the season against against the 49ers front seven. And, um, you know, give credit to what they have been able to do, but, you know, Carolina's defense doesn't scare anyone. Atlanta's defense doesn't scare anyone. Tampa Bay has one of the worst secondaries in the league. They have played some pretty light defenses this year. Even when they played the Rams, the Rams aren't a great defense this year. And so for the Saints, uh, I think they're going to have a pretty tough time. And I get the home field advantage. Uh, that's one of the better home field advantages in football. But for me, it's just it's just not the right time to catch the 49ers off a loss uh, to the Baltimore Ravens. They're going to want to come out there and stop New Orleans. And I think that they do. I, I don't think that it's necessarily a blowout. But I would take the 49ers comfortably by 4-7 to seven points. Um, and so for that, of course, then with the spread, I am going to take the 49ers plus two. I'm going to pick them to win the game outright as an underdog. Uh, to me, they're just the, the, the better team. And um, I think this is the point where we're going to see when a really good defense is up against this New Orleans offense, they're either going to need to be A, creative as hell, and that's, you know, a lot of Taysom Hill, a lot of trick plays in there. Or we're going to start to realize, like, wow, this this offense just is missing an extra level to it. And so I think this is the part where we, we figure that out. They've got tough opponents coming up. You know, Indy's been a top 10 defense this year. I think they've got them next week. Uh, they've got the Titans two weeks after that. Titans have been a much better team in the second half of the season. And for that reason, uh, I just think that this is where we start to get a little worried about the Saints' hopes of making it further uh, into the into the postseason, you know, getting to that NFC title game. Um have had a great start to the season so far, but I'm going to take the 49ers to avenge their loss last week, beat the Saints on the road, and uh, and take them down to move on. So I'm taking the, the 49ers plus two and to win the game straight up. On to uh, back, back down to another not-so-fun or not-as-fun game. Um, we are going to Houston, uh, Texas, where the Denver Broncos, now led by Drew Locke, are traveling to take on Deshaun Watson and the Texans off a great win over New England. Uh, on the road, uh, very good game on Sunday Night Football, and um, you know basically where they're sitting at right now. Houston nine point favorites, pretty big spread. Uh, Denver, of course, has been one of the the more uh, poor teams in the NFL this season, and really just haven't had a lot of consistency to rely on on the offense. They've rotated through quarterbacks. Now, hopefully, they've got Locke, and they've got him through the rest of the way. They did just come off of their first, you know, first win in quite some time against the LA Chargers. Uh, maybe got that offense kind of rolling. Cortland Sutton continues to, you know, 
creep toward that top 10, 12 wide receiver range. He's made some remarkable plays in the last month or so ever since uh, he's been given you know the keys to the car when Emmanuel Sanders was traded to San Francisco. And the way I see this game is Houston is obviously the better team. I am going to pick them to win this one, but I'm a little hesitant on, on nine. I think that you know Houston can easily win by six or seven points, but to say they're going to be double-digit uh, winners over Denver, who I think has got a little bit more of a spark going on offense now uh, with Locke in there. Now, he wasn't great, but it was also his first career start in the NFL, and I thought that for the most part, especially in the opening half, he looked pretty good. And so I am going to take the Broncos to cover... Um, cover the spread at plus nine, but I am going to take the Texans to win this one and uh, further cement themselves as the um, as the division favorite in the AFC South. And, and that transitions right to another game that I see kind of a, a similar situation in the NFC, uh, going up to the NFC North, where we've got the Minnesota Vikings hosting the Detroit Lions. Uh, Minnesota coming off a Monday Night Football loss to the Seattle Seahawks, the Detroit Lions coming oh so close to beating the Bears on Thanksgiving, uh, falling short in the last few minutes. This one opened up big. It opened up big. Lions, plus, or, or sorry, the Vikings are 12.5 point favorites. Um, and to me, you know, same situation, same breakdown. The spread is just a little too big for me. Um, I am going to take the Vikings to win this game. They're the far better team. But I think this is closer, and I think it, you could say eight, seven points. I don't think that it's going to be a blowout. Now, we're not sure about Thielen, uh, where he is going to be available, when he is going to come back from that hamstring injury. Um, obviously, if he's back, I might feel a little bit better because of how bad Detroit's secondary has been. And, and of course, with Thielen back and Diggs, Rudolph going, I think the offense could put up some pretty good numbers on Detroit. So, you know, if Thielen is playing, I would be a little more cautious about taking Detroit to cover, uh, but for the sake of what I have now, I am going to take the Lions to cover 12.5. I just think it's too big, but Minnesota, clearly the better team. Um, you know, Detroit, my thoughts on them, it's just an unfortunate season. You lose your star running back. You lose your star quarterback. Secondary has been banged up and, and not good for the most part. So I, I'm, I, you know, I, everyone wants to boo on Matt Patricia. It's just, it's just you, you can't win with your third string quarterback without your, you know, your star running back. And, uh, Kind of just a wash of a season. So I'm going to take the Vikings to win, but I'm going to take the Lions to cover 12 and a half. Um, this is a game that the, the spread itself I wouldn't bet on just because of how big it is. Um, if Thielen comes back, I would be more open to betting on the Vikings. But for the sake of, of this podcast, I just think 12 and a half is a little too rich and I'll take the Lions to cover. And you know, the, the one good thing... Uh, as we're moving on to the next game, of course, the one good thing ab about this break is I haven't had a lot of uh, chances to talk about how disappointing uh, the Indianapolis Colts have been this season. Um, I guess, you know, there was a, I mean, you look at the way they started out, they were five and two, now sitting at six and six, third place in the AFC South. I had their over under on wins for the season at six and a half. So they need one more to make me, uh, to make me some money. Um, of course, you know, just quick thoughts on the Colts. Jacoby Brissett, not the answer. Can't throw the ball deep. Um, he's actually been the worst quarterback on on passing uh, passing plays 20 yards or more. Um, I'm all for taking a quarterback in the first round, early second, taking a, a flyer on a guy like Josh Rosen with more upside. Uh, to me, Brissett is just not the guy. But regardless of that, we are heading uh, to Tampa Bay, where the Buccaneers have opened up as three-point home favorites. Essentially saying if this is played on a neutral field, uh, that this would be a pick'em, and so Tampa Bay favored by three. 
and to be completely honest, I know that everyone is is kind of down on the Colts, and rightfully so, but I am going to take Indianapolis to win this game. Um, and, and not from a bias standpoint, I just think with what they've got coming back, it makes a little bit more sense. Paris Cam- Campbell might be available for the first time in over a month. Marlon Mack uh, was a full go at practice on Thursday after fracturing his hand a cu- or his wrist a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's expected to be back. Now, if between this podcast and Sunday they decide to shut down Mack and Hilton for the season and call it a wash, I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I mean, there's no reason not to. Uh, then you've got all the best offensive players not out there on the field for the Colts. And so if you're listening to this on Saturday and and all of a sudden Mack has been ruled out, Campbell's not coming back, they've ruled out, ruled out Hilton again, then yeah, put your money on Tampa Bay. But right now, with them Getting a little bit healthier, I am going to take the Colts. And also, the the weird thing about the Colts, we complained, Colts Nation has complained about, can we finally get this team a fucking defense for decades? They've been top 10 this year. Top 5 against the run. I think they're 12th against the pass. They have been phenomenal this year. And uh, I don't think that that means well for for Jameis Winston to go, um, to be throwing around that secondary. Throwing around that defense. Uh, a defense or an offense that doesn't have a good uh, run game, um, and then if you've got Jameis just throwing willy nilly out there, I think that's that's due for a couple of turnovers. So um, I do think that the Colts pick up this this win. Now to where their season ends up, you know maybe they go eight and eight, seven and nine. Um, you know maybe it's not over yet. They go they go they could rattle off the next month ten and six and win the division somehow. Um, who knows what's what's going to happen with the Colts this season? They've been up and down and up and down, but. For this week, I'm going to take, uh, in my opinion, the better organization, the more functioning organization uh, over the uh, more dysfunctional organization. So I'm taking the Colts to win on the road. Uh, I'm taking them to cover uh, being three-point underdogs against Tampa Bay. We're going to rattle through these uh, these next few ones a little bit quicker just because I do want I have some bigger notes for uh, the Patriots-Chiefs game, and then we'll talk about some other ones later on. So we're going to zip through these real quick. A few that kind of just stick out to me as, as just uh, not much to take away, but I'm going to give you my picks anyway. So we got the Carolina Panthers, uh, you know, first game uh, past the Ron Rivera era. Rivera era, that sounds fun. Uh, taking on uh, the Dan Quinn-led Atlanta Falcons. Dan Quinn, probably another guy uh, who will be joining Riverboat Ron this offseason looking for a new job. Falcons, just like the Bucks, are opening up as three-point home favorites. Essentially, a pick them on a neutral field. I'm going to take the Falcons to win this game. I'm going to take a minus three. Um, you know, the trajectory of both of these teams over the last month, Carolina has just progressively gotten worse. I um, mean, Atlanta hasn't gotten all that better, but they've definitely been playing at a higher level. You know, came you know pretty close to beating uh, New Orleans on Thanksgiving night. It took a little bit of luck and a couple of onside kick recoveries, uh, but they did. Beat Carolina the first time around. Have a win over New Orleans already this season. Uh, I'm going to take the Falcons to secure this one at home, and I'll take them by three. On to Cleveland, where the Browns are hosting the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, who are fresh off their first win of the season. Cleveland, with this last loss to Pittsburgh, essentially puts away all of their playoff hopes. Um, you know, favorable second half of the schedule. I told you for months they're going to keep creeping along in the win column. They probably end up just, you know, around that 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight type finish. Um, they did have a really tough first half of the schedule, so you can't really give them too much for that. Browns opening up 7.5 point favorites. Uh, I am going to take the Browns to win, and I am going to take them to cover the spread. Now, it is a little big, 7.5. It's a big number, but 
Cincy's win over the Jets, you know, to me, the Jets are, I mean, look, both the Jets and the Browns are poorly coached. Um, I, I just think at the end of the day, the Browns have more talented players on the roster than the Jets, where, um, you know, the Bengals really just kind of came out there and shocked them, hit them early, and uh, I don't think you'll be able to do that to the Browns. I'm going to take the Browns to win, to cover the spread. Um, I think they win by probably 9 or 10 points, and, and Cincinnati can get back to uh, tanking for Ohio native Joe Burrow. Next one up, and this is a doozy, uh, a rematch of, uh, I guess, what led up to my first uh, interview with, with or my first podcast with my friend Teddy. Uh, the New York Jets are hosting the Miami Dolphins. Jets opening up as five-point favorites. It doesn't make sense to me why the Jets are five-point favorites. I'm hammering the Dolphins' money line. I'm taking them against the spread. What have we seen from both of these teams this season? Even though the Dolphins have fewer wins than the Jets, they are way better coached. They're a more functioning organization top to bottom with Brian Flores leading the way, and the Jets are dysfunctional as hell. They don't have really a path to go on. And for the Jets, uh, Adam Gase, one of the, I mean, God, he's, it's him and Freddie Kitchens for worst head coach in football right now. It's one of the two. Um, and and so I am going to take the Dolphins to win this one. Uh, and I'm going to take them to cover the spread. I know that they're traveling up to New York. And uh, I was just there and the weather wasn't fun. But uh, I think the Dolphins at the end of the day just have uh, a better structure. They're better functioning. Uh, they might not have as much talent as the Jets, but they play hard for their coach. And I think the Jets are at a point in this season where, especially after losing to Cincinnati, they kind of toss the towel in. I'm going to take the Dolphins to beat the Jets, cover the spread of being five-point underdogs. Uh, two more Poopfecta games before we get into the list of the fun ones. Actually, there's three Poopfectas, but I'm leaving Monday night to, to finish things off. Uh, right now, we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Los Angeles Chargers. Jaguars at home. Uh, three point, let me make sure I've got that right on my chart. That doesn't make sense now that I'm looking at it. It just doesn't make sense. And look at that. Wow, the Jaguars are three point underdogs at home. I thought that I had typed that in wrong, that they're three point favorites at home. Have we seen the Chargers play recently? They just lost to Denver. I know Jacksonville isn't good. Miles Jack is out. Gardner Minshew's back in as the starting quarterback. Both of these teams are bad, but come on. Chargers might be one of the worst teams in football. I am taking the Jacksonville Jaguars to win this one. Uh, and I'm going to take them to cover being three-point underdogs. Um, I just I don't think that the Chargers have enough on offense to go against Doug Marone, who will want to keep it close, keep it tight. Low-scoring game. I feel like this is one you can bet the under on. Let me actually check what the the under is right now. What I've got on it is 43 points. I mean, man, that that sounds right about right. I would probably say they, they could get a 20-17 to 17 game in there, maybe 20-16. to 16. That's not going to be a lot of scoring um, by either side, but I'm going to take the Jaguars to win. Uh, I, I do like Doug Marone as a head coach. Um, Gardner Minshew back in the offense. He got things going more than Nick Foles did last week. Um, against, who are they playing against? They're playing against the, not the Titans. Who'd they play? Oh, this be brain fart of the week. Um, they played Tampa Bay and lost to Tampa Bay. That's what it was. Okay. So the Jaguars, look, um, both these teams are bad. 
To me, the Chargers just seem more all over the place. I think the Jaguars have a little more functionality to them, uh, kind of like the Dolphins versus the Jets. I'm going to take the Jaguars to to beat the Chargers at home, and um, as three-point underdogs, you get a good money line on them. Last one before we rattle off our three or our four fun games, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Arizona. This is another spread. A lot of threes this week. Let me count them up in total. There's one, two, three, four, five, six games right now that I've got where the spread is three points. The Steelers are three-point favorites over the Arizona Cardinals. And unfortunately, as much as I don't want to see the Steelers team win because I do not want to see this offense in the postseason, I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers to win, and I'm going to take them to cover three. Um, The Steelers front seven against the Cardinals offensive line. Kyler Murray is going to be dancing around all day. Uh, I I feel bad for him. He's going to have to take a nice cold dip into the ice bath after the game. Um, he is going to be sore. Uh, for Pittsburgh, the offense isn't great. I hate watching the offense, but Arizona's got one of the worst total defenses in football. Um, I get the traveling out there, playing a game later in the day, but uh, but I'm going to take the Steelers to win this one on the road by more than three. I think that they should probably win this one by a lot. All right, now let's circle back to the fun games, and then we'll finish it off with the poop game of the, the Giants versus the Eagles on Monday night. We'll finish it off with that. But we're going to circle back. To, uh, to a really fun one, and um, you know maybe a month or so ago we wouldn't have been thinking of it as highly, but now we've got the Baltimore Ravens traveling up to Buffalo to take on the Bills in what is a, a game that I'll say right now, bet the under. Both of these teams are going to just try and control time of possession, keep the other offense off the field, and uh, keep the point total as low as possible. Um, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson have both been playing great over the last month and a half. Uh, of course, Lamar Jackson is is the MVP of the 2019 season, but Josh Allen has really turned things on, um, and he's looked and, and the offenses look great. John Brown has come alive. Cole Beasley's working the middle of the field. Dawson Knox is a young tight end that's only going to get better. We're seeing more of Devin Singletary instead of you know a lot of Frank Gore, which we saw earlier on in the season. Uh, I am just a, a fan of both of these teams and the way that they operate. They're going to play game's tight. They're going to play it close to the vest. They're not going to go crazy. Um, And so I'm really excited to watch this one. Um, I am going to take the Baltimore Ravens to win on the road. Now I'm a little worried about this one. Wouldn't put a ton of money on it. I think after Baltimore has been going through just a brutal stretch of opponents, um, you know, maybe a, maybe a let up game thinking, you know, a little bit less of Buffalo, um, you know, coming off a game against against the 49ers, and, you know, they've got they had games against the Patriots. They've had a tough schedule taking on the Seahawks. Buffalo is just another one that's going to smack them right in the face. And so this is going to be um, a close game, which is why I'm going to take the Bills plus six and a half. I think this ends up being, you know, almost in a sense the 49ers-Ravens game where it's, where it's you know, uh, comes down to a tie game. Justin Tucker hits another field goal to secure the win for the Ravens. Uh, I think six and a half is a little too much. Maybe a four or five point game in there. Uh, but I am going to take the Bills to cover at home. I just think both of these teams are going to want to play the game, uh, control the tempo, keep the other offense off the field. And and for that, when you don't have, you know, one offense just going, you know, attack, 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 uh, you're going to get a, a, a more close game. And so I'm going to take the, the Ravens to win, the best team in football right now. But the Bills... Um, you're going to walk away impressed by the Bills from how you see them perform as opposed to, you know, what the Patriots were able to do against them. Um, you know, I think that you're going to walk away thinking highly of the Bills, uh, and I'm going to take them uh, plus six and a half. It'll be 
no loss is a good loss, but this will be a good loss uh, for the Bills. So from that fun game, we go to another one, and uh, this is where I have kind of want to spend a little bit more time talking about is uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, who are traveling up to New England, a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. Of course, they had a very fun matchup in the regular season as well. This one, Patriots opening up as three-point home favorites. And this is kind of where I wanted to talk before the game. And this is honestly the reason that I didn't just start the week off on Monday. I wanted to come back on Friday so I could talk about this game a little bit and talk about the Patriots because I was having a conversation with my brother Ben. And uh, the Patriots, they always approach and change to what they think their biggest... um, they're, you know, they try and game plan in the offseason to restructure their team to best fit their most daunting task the next season. You know, their, their fiercest opponent the next season. You know, after seeing the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes twice last season and both being very good games, New England went into the offseason and said, okay, we need the best game plan for a way to beat Kansas City. Kansas City is not a physical team up front. They are fancy. They want to go deep passing concepts. They want to go through the air. The run game is there, uh, but it's not their main focus. They want to pass around opposing secondary. So what did the Patriots do? They got a little bit smaller in their front seven. They don't have as many big physical guys up there. They put all of their focus into the speedy, shifty guys on the back end of their defense. Why their secondary, you know, until this past week against, you know, Deshaun Watson and the Texans had been so amazing. One of the best secondaries of all time. They structured that defense just so they knew this time around that they could take on Patrick Mahomes and hold them up and and be able to keep them um, from scoring, you know, 40 points uh, against them. Because, you know, as we say, that the offense isn't there. They needed to know that their defense can hold what was supposed to be their toughest task and hold them uh, a little bit short. And so what happened this year? No one expected the rise of the Buffalo Bills. Not many expected the rise of the Ravens. Um, And and that's where those two teams that have given them a tough time and and the Ravens beat them, um, they took advantage of what the new weakness of the Patriots defense is, and that's size and physicality up front. It's bully ball. They want to just be mean up front and pound you down, where the the Patriots shifted their defense to being, you know, pass defense oriented. All of these smash mouth football teams have been having success against New England. Now, Houston is where it comes into a little bit of a uh, of a question, I was surprised with how well Deshaun Watson and those receivers uh, played in the passing game. So um, if this comes out where Kansas City does it just as well as Houston did this past week, then I will start to be even more concerned about the Patriots. But I do think that this team was structured within the mindset of beating Kansas City. And, um, and because of that and because of the way the Chiefs season has like You know, their passing concepts have been a little bit mushier than last year. They've kind of been a little figured out. I'm going to take the Patriots to win this one. I'm going to take them to cover the spread of three. I think that they win probably big. Not, not, you know, 20-point blowout, but I think that they could get into the double-digit victory here. I just think that the way that they've structured this 2019 team was with the intentions of, okay, Kansas City is going to be our biggest threat. We need the roster that can... Hold them under, you know, 40 points, under 30 points, and and limit their passing offense. And so now that they're here, 
And yes, they've had their troubles against the physical run-heavy smash-mouth football teams. This is finally an opponent where they can say, okay, this is what we were expecting to have to beat. Now we can just go out there and play our brand of football. And for that reason, I'm going to take the Patriots to win. I'm going to take them to win by a decent amount. Uh, if you want to go adjusted line, I'd put it up. You know, if there's a six and a half option, if there's an eight option, I might put that too. I think that the Patriots win this one big. And, and mostly because I think that this Patriots team was built in the mindset of beating a team that is structured like the Kansas City Chiefs. And, and for the Chiefs, I don't think they're a bad team. You know, I still would say that they're the third best in the AFC behind the Patriots and the Ravens, but I just think that the way that New England has structured itself, I don't think that that, that bodes well uh, for the Chiefs. And so a loss here, they'll carry uh, their weight through the rest of the regular season to make sure that they're a threat in the playoffs, but uh, I, I just don't see it going well for them um, this Sunday. All right, three more games. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, the red-hot Balling out Tennessee Titans, uh, traveling to take on the Oakland Raiders, uh, coming off two uh, really disappointing losses to the Jets, uh, more so uh, than their loss to the Chiefs. Uh, the offense has completely uh, been absent. The defense has finally gone back down to its ways in the beginning of the season. Um, both of these teams, though, I will say I'd much rather watch in the playoffs than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Either of these teams, they're more interesting on offense. Um way more interesting on offense. And so I would much rather see the Raiders or the Titans play uh, and get that six seed as opposed to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, um, you know, things aren't looking great for Oakland right now. Uh, people have defenses of defensive players have come out and said, yeah, we figured out Derek Carr. He just wants to do the check downs. He doesn't want to throw it deep. So we just jump on those short intermediate routes. And, uh, and that seems to be the the point of emphasis in stopping Derek Carr in this offense. And so for the Titans, a very talented defense, um, I, I'm going to take the Titans to win on the road. I'm going to take them to cover the three-point spread that they are favorited. Um, and I think that they probably win this one by a touchdown or more. I just, unfortunately, this is the part where Oakland comes back down to earth. Like I said, I wanted them to be my team that I was riding for the 2020 season. And then they jumped out to a, to a, what was it? A six and three start, five and three start. Um, they jumped out hot and I was like, Damn, they're doing this sooner. They've come back down to earth where I still think they make the jump next year. Um, but for this week especially, I'm going to take the Titans to win this one, take them to win by a touchdown or more, and uh, I feel pretty good about that pick. Two more left. Sunday night football, uh, NFC West rematch, a game that was just inches away from being won by the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, this time around, they are hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Of course, that last game, Greg Zerline's field goal went on top of the goalpost. I mean, just missed by whatever the rule book says. I mean, they should have won that game. Um, but here they are back in this. Uh, the, the Rams are still fighting for that final playoff spot. Seattle now uh, taking over the division because of uh, you know being able to beat the 49ers. You know my thoughts of of the Seahawks this entire season I just think you can only be lucky for so long I, I want to see them just dominate opponents for once and they did come out in the second half and, and show a little more over the Vikings but the Vikings stayed within it I just think that it's just you should really beat up on the bad teams and this goes as far as back to winning by a point over over the uh over the Bengals to start off the season barely beating Pittsburgh I just want to see Seattle go out there and dominate those bad teams, and they just haven't been able to do it, so I don't trust them. And for the Rams 
Does Sean McVay finally have his groove going back? It was a game against the Cardinals. He's dominated the Cardinals historically in his short-lived head coaching career, but uh, you have to think that this hopefully sparks something in the offense, getting a game like that, getting the rhythm going, getting back on track. And uh, look, to me, I'm just someone that likes the the Rams structure more than I do the Seahawks. Russell Wilson is the uh, odds-on MVP runner-up uh, to Lamar Jackson. They've got good receiving threats. Um, they've got a defense that has been playing better in recent weeks, but I just think that this is a game that the Rams are able to pull out. And, and right now they're the more desperate team. And I think that desperation plays a factor in when you're the Seahawks and you're getting lucky, 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 and all of a team that is desperate, they need this win to still try and make the postseason. Uh, they can't slip up to their divisional rival. And so I'm going to take the Rams to win this one at home where they are one point underdogs. I'm going to take them to cover the spread. And, uh, and yeah, I just, I feel like this is where we start to see, you know, a little bit of my thoughts on what the Seahawks are come back down to reality, kind of like with the Vikings. I think both of those teams are just, you know, they're good teams, good rosters, well coached, but I just don't see enough pop in there to, to love them. And I think the Rams can catch Seattle off guard, um, on also a shorter week. So I'm going to take the Rams in this one. Uh, wouldn't put a ton of money on it. I don't feel as confident as I do, you know, with the the Patriots beating Kansas City or or some of these other games in here as well, too. But I do think that the Rams pull this one out. And then Monday Night Football. Oh, boy, oh, boy. We have a uh, just, just a fun storyline. And, and I wanted to mention this weeks ago. I was hoping that we would get the Eli Manning farewell tour uh, it is back. I'm hoping it stays through the rest of the regular season. Daniel Jones has a mid to high ankle sprain. Um, Eli Manning is back to finish out, hopefully hopefully finish out his career. I think this is the point where maybe we say, okay, he's got a month to just go out there, go crazy, and uh, and walk away, um, hopefully with a winning record. You know, maybe he can win. I mean, he's got four games. So you're saying he's got to win three of them to finish off his career with a a winning record, um, and I don't know how likely that is going to be, but maybe he can go two and two and keep that a perfect 500 record uh, to finish up his career. But um, he is back, and they are taking on just the mess that is the Philadelphia Eagles. And not to say the Giants aren't a mess either; both of these teams are god awful. But um, Philadelphia at home is opening up as nine and a half point favorites, and I don't know why. But I just have a feeling that we are just going to see, you know, at least one or two last decent games from Eli Manning. And against a defense that has been playing better, but has still got its flaws. Of course, you know, the, the Philadelphia offense, I guess, has been the bigger concern in the in the last month or so. But Philadelphia fresh off a loss to Miami. I think things could pile on worse. And, and the Giants come out here. And I'm going to take the Giants to win. And this is kind of more of an emotional pick. I think that we get Eli Manning back in there. There's a little more juice in some of those players to go out there and win for Eli so he can finish off his career on a good note. You know, with the Giants, it's not like they weren't trying with Daniel Jones. I mean, they're never not trying to win games in the NFL. But I think, you know, just knowing that you got your guy out there that's been the face of the franchise. He's got four games left to finish out his year. Let's go out and put out a solid effort. Nationally televised game. I'm going to take the Giants to win. I'm going to take them to cover nine and a half. Am I being a little silly on the game pick itself probably but the spread nine and a half I think that is is way too rich and so 
I feel way more comfortable with the Giants plus nine and a half than picking them outright to win, but I am going to go with both here. Um, and, and I will say that picking the Giants to win this one is a little more heart than my head. Uh, so that'll that'll finish up uh, week 14 of the NFL season. It is good to be back doing podcasts. Um, and like I said, at least for the next few weeks until we hit that Christmas time, things should be on a pretty regular schedule. I have a couple ideas floating out there with what I want to do uh, in terms of the offseason. We're approaching, you know, a new decade. I'd love to do something where maybe I spend, you know, half of the week taking a look at the NFL offseason, the NFL draft, and then maybe half of it being able to do some just looking back on, on, on the last decade of football because it's been a great one. Uh, you know, I've always I'm in the mindset, and maybe this is just because I've been, you know, the the 2010s are going to go down as really my first decade as a passionate sports fan. Um, but to me, I feel like this is just, and across from football and to all sports, this has just been a great decade um, for for all professional sports, college sports. And so I kind of want to do uh, maybe some more essay-type uh, podcasts where we take a look back at the last decade in the NFL season. But I'm just floating that around right now. Hopefully, uh, hopefully going to take a, you know, and, and get some more ideas in as we approach the end of the regular season and we'll go through into the playoffs. But uh, for now, that'll wrap things up. Thank you guys so much again for listening. Hopefully, you're still listening um, after my extended break uh, from the podcasting world. Um, make sure to check out my other podcast, Reasonably Outrageous, another show that has kind of been hit or miss with me and Matt's schedules, but I'm still going to promote it because there are episodes that come out occasionally. Make sure to follow me over on Twitter at BlakeAndrewPace, uh, where I write for Stampede Blue, the Indianapolis Colts page for SB Nation. Um, and, and yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great weekend, make some money with me, and we'll be back on Monday, uh, to take a look at the last week in college football. Take care guys.